You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. So beloved, on this morning, let us begin at the end. Because it's been said that uh, if you uh, don't know where you're going, any road will do. So this message is about rising and about climbing and about ascending. Yes, this message is about rising because rising is in your bones. It's who you are. It's the stuff that you are made of. It's the fabric from which you are stitched and it's the clay out of which you are created. This is the fundamental nature of our identity as Christians that we climb and we rise and we ascend. Uh, The ancestors of old sang it in the African-American spiritual that we are climbing Jacob's ladder. And and, in more recent years, we learn the gospel song that says, we fall down, but we get back up again. Yes, these songs, they testify to the foundation of our faith that that we might feel down sometimes, but we are not overcome by our trials and our tribulations. Somebody ought to say amen this morning. Uh, We might look down sometimes, but I heard the psalmist who said, I lift my eyes to to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the name of the Lord. Even we may get knocked down sometimes, but guess what? We don't stay down because uh, it is written that even when we are pressed down, we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Yes, we may be struck down, but we do not stay down because we are made to rise, beloved. We are not made for staying down because our hope is in the one who could have come down. We don't stay down because our hope is in the one who could have come down from the cross. But he stayed on the cross and died on the cross just to save you and me. So even though when we get knocked down, we get back up again because there is one who loved us. There is one who came for us, the one who saved us and set us free. Yes, he could have come down from the cross, but he decided to die just to save you and me. So in the face of downtrodden days, this message is about rising, and it's about climbing, and it's about ascending, and it is an interpretation of today, which is Ascension Sunday. And I personally really like Ascension Sunday because it is one of those less celebrated Sundays. And everyone, of course, loves a good underdog story, right? We, we love the story of David and Goliath and the story of the karate kid and that little engine that could. So, so Ascension Sunday might be, a, uh, it might be an underdog Sunday, but, but I believe that as we lean into it, we might learn something because Ascension Sunday gives way to Pentecost Sunday, and, and Pentecost Sunday is when the power comes. Uh, Pentecost Sunday on next Sunday is the birth of the church, and when the Spirit breaks forth and falls upon the people in a mighty way, like a mighty rushing wind. And when the spirit comes, things happen. So, so, So then when we focus on Ascension Sunday today, we get ourselves ready. We prepare ourselves, we condition ourselves, we, we get the house in order so that the, the spirit might blow in the house again. 
might blow in the house again. Yes, this lesser story, uh, lesser told story, unpacks that, that, that ascension proclamation which we heard read, which comes for us to us from Luke Acts, the 24th chapter of Luke and the first chapter of Acts. Wait for what God has promised. For when we wait, when we wait, when we wait, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yes, this message is a message about patience and about promises and about power. And I will attempt to make the case uh, that God is a promise keeper. And God will never let you down. And God will fulfill God's promises to pour out power. And, and God will give strength to the weak. And God will give hope to the hopeless. Yes, God fulfills Isaiah's prophecy that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Because God is a promise keeper. I believe that this is not an empty rhetorical statement, but rather these are statements of fact that God is a promise keeper and that God is a way maker and God is a miracle worker and God is light in the darkness and God is a burden bearer as my grandmother used to say and God is a heart fixer and God is a mind regulator so no matter what you're going through I'm, I'm just here to tell you today just hold on just a little while longer because God will fulfill the promises that God has made to you and God will do what God promised to to do because God did it before and God can do it again. No matter what the it is, God will do it. Yes, God will do it. Every word that has been uttered by God will come to completion. Every word that God has spoken will come into existence. Every word that comes forth from the very mouth of God will be fulfilled. And it is written that no word shall go back to God void that all words that come forth from God will be fulfilled. And not a single word will go missing, not a, a single word will be empty because every single word that is uttered, every single word that is uttered is reliable and it is dependable and it is true. Every single word. God is a promise keeper. And where God guides, God provides. And where God directs, God perfects. And where God leads, God feeds. This is why we go to the table to be fed, to be sustained. Because God promised never to leave us, nor to forsake us. Even when we go through wilderness journeys and difficult times, God provides for us food. God provides for us drinks. So we gather round table, beloved, as we will in a few moments, to be fulfilled. To be fulfilled. Yes, this message is about rising. It is about rising to our place of power. But before we get to the rising, we have to get to the waiting. 
I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience is not one of my uh, gifts. So I, I, I'm a very impatient person. And, and, and so, so this message, it comes along at least every once a, once a year. And maybe it's just written for me. I don't know. Uh, because, uh, because we often want to rush. We, we want to get to where we're getting already. But this message for us is an invitation to wait. To wait. To wait for what God has promised. For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I, I'm here to tell you that it's going to be worth the wait. Yes. It's going to be worth the wait when the power uh, comes. Uh, our, our power is predicated, is based on the waiting on the promise. Our, our power is predicated on the waiting. And if power is predicated on the waiting, then our waiting is predicated on the trusting. If our power comes when waiting, then we wait with trust. So my faith in the purpose compels me to trust in the process. My faith in the purpose compels me to trust in the process. And therein lies my power. You see, this is what makes us different as Christians because even though, uh, we, e even though we might find ourselves in difficult situations, we have read on to the end of the story. So, 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 so we might be waiting for something that not, might not have yet materialized and manifest itself, but we know how the story ends. Therefore, we enter into the situation of waiting, even in the difficulty, even in the trials. We, we wait and we live as those with hope. We don't grieve as if others grieve. We don't worry as others worry. We don't have the anxiety as others do, but rather we claim our hope. We claim our faith. We trust in the process because we believe that God has a purpose for our lives. We know that God has a purpose and a plan for my life and for the world. And my faith compels me to wait and to trust the promises of God, even when impatience wants to stir up in our spirit yes. because it's taking too long. We, we trust the purpose and the process, even when a fear of failure rises up. And I'm going to get somewhere with that in a minute. Uh, we, 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 we trust, our, our faith compels us to trust the process even when it is natural for us to doubt. Amen. Our faith in a God that we know is intentional and always working helps us to remember that when God makes a promise, God has every intention of fulfilling it. So I wait for it, and I wait for it in faith. Because what comes down must go up. Yes, we're familiar with the basic law of gravity, right? 
what goes up must come down. Well, today I want to introduce you to the basic law of faith, that what comes down must go up. In other words, the weak become strong, and that which is broken is fixed. There is a divine reversal that we have been leaning into during this entire Easter season, that that which has died even comes to life. And that which seems to be loss is in fact, in fact, is transformed into gain. That the one who humbled himself, the one who came down from heaven, as we read in Philippians, the second chapter, the one who humbled himself and came down from heaven is exalted back into heaven. The one who came down goes back up, which provides for us a model of the reversal, of the transformation that happens when we lean into and we find ourselves in the story. That there is a restoration of the very cosmic order of things. And the Jesus who returns to heaven has returned having transformed the entire world and that even though he leaves, it is not a loss but rather a gain. This is the story of the ascension. This is the story of the ascension, but, but check it. At first, uh, we may lose the significance of what's really happening and the foreshadowing of what's going to happen next week when we celebrate Pentecost. So I just want to slow down for just a moment, then I'm going to take my seat. The long-expected Messiah comes and is crucified, right? The long-expected Messiah comes and is crucified. He is killed on a Roman cross in Jerusalem. And now the resurrected Jesus says, stay in Jerusalem, the place where he was killed, where his followers had to hide in fear because they too might be mocked and killed. In other words, in Jerusalem, it looked like Jesus's ministry had failed. In Jerusalem, it looked like Jesus' ministry had failed by, by, by all accounts. That's what, right? Because these, these resurrection stories, which now for us are the very bedrock of what happened, but these were, in that time, these were secret stories, right? Jesus was visiting people locked in rooms, away and hiding. So, so the dominant narrative, the dominant story was that Jesus, the one who was crucified, was dead and gone, and that all was lost, and the long-expected Messiah did not actually fulfill what he said he was going to do, that his incarnation did not result in the toppling of political authority. Uh, he did not appear as the king of the Jews. He rode into Jerusalem on uh, what was known as the, you know, the triumphal entry, but it, it was not on a majestic white horse, but rather on a smelly donkey, uh, and, and a, not even one that he owned. It was a borrowed one at this, not, not really a king, didn't have any possessions, didn't have any power. So from all logical appearances, Jesus's divine stay on earth ended in disaster, in utter failure. What one preacher said that, that Jerusalem was the place of failure. 
but it's precisely at the place of failure that Jesus makes us a promise. There is promise in the place of failure. And the promise goes something like this. Be patient. Stay put. Don't give up because I'm not going to give up on you. Stay right there. Don't be discouraged. Help is on the way. So Jesus orders his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of God. And the promise of God is the gift of Pentecost, that when the Spirit comes, you shall receive power. In other words, by staying at the place of failure, Jerusalem is transformed from the crucible of crucifixion to the very point of Pentecost. By staying in Jerusalem, the place of perceived failure, the crucible of crucifixion is transformed into the point of Pentecost. And because they waited, it actually turned out that Jerusalem was not as it originally looked. That's why you can't judge a book by its cover. Because had the disciples cut and run after the loss of Jesus, they would have missed out of what was yet in store. So staying in place for a moment allowed them to reassess the situation that if they had judged the situation too quickly and had gotten out of Dodge and have left Jerusalem, then it would have always been marked as a place of shame. If they had left when the going got rough, then the story would have ended. But they stayed in it and they pressed through it, and they waited for it because they depended on and they believed in the promise of God. And they trusted in the God who created them in their own image and who promised that I have a future for you, a future with hope, never to harm you, So they believed in that prophecy. And because they believed in that prophecy, their test became their testimony. Their test became their testimony. So yes, beloved, it is almost a time for us to celebrate Pentecost. And uh, we have been waiting and we have been patient. And now I believe that it is time for us to receive the power. We, we, we have waited in it. We have uh, trusted through it. And now something is breaking forth that has the potential to transform our entire ways of being. That the power of the Holy Ghost is coming in such a way that if we continue just one week more, that's all we have to do. Just wait one week more and stand on the promises, believing that God is doing a new thing in us 
and through the power of the Holy Ghost, then that feeling of new life and the feeling of hope is breaking forth and we will receive the power to transform situations because we will know ourselves as changed. We will receive the power that has been poured out upon us and the places that, that would be failure in our lives are transformed into uh, places of, of prophecy and of, of potential and of new life and be, because we have waited in the Lord and we have received what the Lord has promised to us then the Holy Ghost will move us in such a way that we can overcome anything that comes our way. That we can receive any situation and turn it around. Because our faith looks up to the one who loves us. The one who loved us so much that he came to us. And the one who came down to us goes back up, but does not leave us alone. So we stand on this morning like those first disciples when Jesus ascends into heaven and says, my faith looks up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary. Don't you believe it this morning? That if we keep on Lifting our eyes and our head to the hills from which cometh our help, then help will come. This is the nature of faith. This is the promise of God. So as you stand this morning, let us make this our prayer. Let us make this our song. Let's make this our response. That something is coming and it is worth the wait. It's page 452 in the hymnals. It's on the screen. And let us make this from this day holy thine. Let us sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.